It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. It's another Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, Governor Brian Kemp and Commissioner Jacobs recently announced plans to provide a one-time $1,000 bonus payment to every Georgia's pre-K program teacher, assistant teacher, and birth-to-five child care teacher in the state. The bonuses will be funded through the Federal Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, or CARES. Obviously, there are a lot of questions and a lot of interest in this. And Commissioner, today we thought we would tackle some of the common questions. Yes, I know a lot of teachers have a lot of questions about when they should expect it. And I'm glad we're able to answer those. But um, it's just a complicated process. Um, We've never paid 65,000 individual teachers before. So there's a lot of behind the scenes work um, that has to happen before we can actually roll out the application. But hopefully we can answer some of those questions today. And let's repeat that, 65,000 people, not on our payroll, by the way. We don't have right. a payroll like Well, it's, that. it's funny because we don't even know their names. You know, <laughs> you know, they're not, many of them are not registered in our PDS system. And so, um, and if you're not working at DECAL, you don't know. And it's not as easy as the, um, the DOE payments um, that they'll be doing for their teachers because they pay those directly to the, the school system, which is 181 payments. Um, and they're all set up to pay those employees. So it's a little bit more difficult for us, but we are happy to do it and so glad that this workforce is being recognized for the hard work um, all the time, but especially during COVID-19. Yeah, we're happy to do that and uh, just putting it all together now. Joining us to talk about supplemental payments to pre-K and child care is Susan Adams, Deputy Commissioner of Georgia's Pre-K Program and Instructional Supports. Barbara McQuethy, who is Manager of Workforce Support in our professional learning group, and Yetta Knight, who is owner of the Universal Child Care and Learning Center in Augusta, a three-star quality-rated program and part of our quality-rated peer support network. Yetta, you're everywhere around here. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. So, Barbara, We're going to start with you and let you uh, lead off here. Um, Tell us who is eligible to receive these payments and what are the eligibility requirements? Okay, well, um, to be eligible, you need to be working in a DECAL licensed child care program, a Department of Defense program, early Head Start, Head Start, Georgia Pre-K, Um, You can be a lead teacher, assistant teacher, family child care provider, teacher in a child care home, an assistant director of a child care center, a bus driver, a cook. The list goes on and on. There's a lot of people that we're really excited to be able to roll these um, payments out to uh, some of the home visitors, family support people. So it's just, you know, uh, a wide range of people. Um, To be eligible, you need to be employed with an eligible program for at least six weeks at the time of applying. Um, You must work on site at an eligible program at least 20 hours a week. And if you have volunteers or practicum students, they're not eligible 
for the program um, and corporate and district level people also are not eligible, but pretty much everyone doing the day to day with the children and families in the classrooms, family homes are eligible. We have been working on a comprehensive plan for using the new CARES funding and supporting the workforce, childcare providers, and families. And we know these bonuses are small, but we do believe they are a tangible way of expressing our thanks to our early care and education team. How is our plan coming along and when can people expect to see these payments? I think that's the million dollar question. No one's going to listen to the rest of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Um, Well, we are in the process of of finalizing the details. And I know there are some meetings coming up on that very soon um, to help us with that. So there will be um, some work that directors will do to help us and other people to help us in the system in order to be able to make sure that we've got the eligible people. There will also be some things that you as as the teacher um, we'll need to do to make sure that your employer knows exactly where you live. If you've moved, make sure they have all your contact information. That's going to be really, really important. Um, and that information will be coming out, I'm sure, on the website uh, as we update the frequently asked questions. But right now, um, just give us a little bit more time, but we're finalizing those final details. But just know that you want to make sure as of right now that whoever you're working for, they have your updated information um, either in Koala or just that they have it on hand so that they're sure um, that we'll be able to follow through the steps for you to be able to receive your payment. And they hopefully they're going to be coming out spring, summer, right around then. I was going to say, in all fairness, um, to set expectations, we're probably looking at late spring or summer. Is that right. fair? I think so, yeah. We're getting closer, but again, it's a lot of people and they're all over the place, so... Yeah, Barb, you're right. It is a lot of people. And I know the commissioner said the number about 65,000 um, employees out there in child care that we want to make sure are recognized. And as you can imagine, that's a pretty big lift to figure that out, um, to also figure out who we're going to pay, how we're going to pay them, and then do it timely. Um, we've had to look at things like what are the tax implications Do we need to provide um, the payments to programs or do we want to go to the payments to go to individuals? Um, How do we make sure that everyone receives their payment and all those things? So we're figuring out all those details. Barb is right. It will be a two-step process where um, employers will be um, going into our system and um, uh, giving us information and verifying their employees Um, And employees at that time will have to um, supply some information to um, their um, employer, not anything hard, things like verifying um, that you work there, um, some identification like your driver's license or other things, copies of that. Um, And then that will all go in our system to be verified. And then actually each individual will get an individual um, email out to them or contact to them. Um, checking um, to make sure that, yes, this information's right, and you making sure that we have the right information for us to pay you. So, um, and we do um, feel that we'll be able to pay directly to individuals, either through an automatic um, payment, um, back um, bank draft, 
or um, a check to you. So we'll want to be getting that information directly from the individual. So that check comes to you. And then also getting information um, so that you'll also um, get the tax information that you'll need when you submit your taxes um, the next year. Um, so for um, your taxes for 2021. So Barb's right, pay attention. Um, and when the application opens, um, make sure that you submit everything to your employer. And then also make sure you have an individual email that you can supply and that it works. So double check it, make sure you can access it, something that you look at regularly. And then also make sure that once um, we're in the process of verifying the information with individuals that you're ongoingly checking that email. So right now we're gonna ask you to sit tight a little bit longer. I know some of you wanted that check so that you could have it for spring break or um, some of you really need it to pay bills. Um, sit tight, we're working on it. Um, what we heard from folks is they would like us to get those payments out, but also to pay them to the individuals. So we're working out that process. Um, I will tell you that like any good program, it has an acronym. So DECAL likes those. These payments will be called POWER, and that's Providing Our Workforce Essential Recognition. And I hope that you do feel recognized um, by these payments. We know that um, you and the early learning have showed up um, throughout this pandemic to make sure that your kids are safe and they're getting what they need and supporting your um, um, families. So we wanna recognize that with a little bit of power um, and we'll be getting um, more information out to you about how you apply for that um, supplemental payment. Commissioner, anything I missed about the process or need to clarify? I think that's what we know at this point. <laughs> you guys had a little breaking news here, power. I didn't know that, That's I like that. You know, nice. we got to have an acronym at DECAL. Absolutely. Not Absolutely. just for the fun of it, but it's just easier to actually say, well, I'm calling about the power program yeah. <laughs> or I'm calling about stable as opposed to the program where I think I might get a thousand dollars. So <laughs> um, we like a good acronym and we think it sends the right message too, that we're powering the profession, right? I like it. I like it. Right. Well, Yetta, we want to bring you into this uh, conversation. You own Universal Child Care and Learning Center in Augusta, which actually started as an in-home child care program in 1998 after you worked at the Richmond County Department of Family and Children's Services. I have to say, Yetta's resume uh, and, and bio was so fun to read and inspiring just to follow her from a job at Richmond County uh, DFACS. And your mom was a forensic service technician with the state of Georgia. So we've got a history here in the family. Uh, what are you hearing from the childcare workforce in response to news about these payments coming soon? Um, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, in the beginning, it was just excitement. Um, one, because everyone did not receive a stimulus check um, for whatever reason. Um, everyone did not get that payment. And, you know, especially when you have those who are younger, um, the, your, your teens, your 18 and 19 year olds. And um, so when they first saw the supplement coming out, I think I was the very first one. And I went running through the buildings like, you get a thousand dollars and you get a thousand dollars and you're going to get a thousand dollars. And so we had so much fun with it because we did not shut down at all whatsoever. Um, 
I actually own five um, locations in Augusta, and we have four of them open. And one of them opened during the pandemic, which was our virtual site. And so we have just, we had so much fun with that. And so now the question is, well, when is the payment coming? Do you have our money? Do you have the money? And so I, I tell them just be patient, you know, because it's going to come. And so it was just a, just a lot of excitement to know that, wow, we're really being recognized as uh, the professionals and who we are. You know, I tell uh, my teachers all the time, you know, guys, child care centers, uh, teachers and staff, and this the educational field has been put on the backside for so long. And people kind of look at us as, oh, on a scale of zero to 10, they are the zero. They're just babysitters. And now everyone literally needs us. And I'm just so grateful that um, Governor Kemp and Amy Jacobs have really, really, really taken care of the childcare industry. And I just love it. I, the pandemic has been. It has been sad, it has, um, but it's also been very good for the childcare industry. It allowed us to sit back and see just how important we really are in the community and what we do. We're not just babysitters. So I'm loving the idea that um, the supplement payments are coming because I know that they are coming. And I know that there is a huge process. It's not like you're doing it for individual providers, you're doing it for, you're not doing it for just the individual program, but you're doing it for individual teachers and staff. And that is, that is a lot, you know, hats off to you guys say it's coming by springtime, summertime. I'm thinking, okay, it'll be here by the end of the year, you know, because that's a lot that you're going to have to really go through um, because you have people leaving centers and, you know, some people are not in the PDS and, so we try very hard to make sure that we update when people exit out and, or when people stay. Those are all very good points. Um, and thank you for recognizing that, that it's coming. Just be patient. Um, it mm -hmm. is coming. So Susan, one of the more common questions we are receiving is what do people need to do in order to receive the payments? Are there instructions at this point or is that still a work in progress? Pardon. Um, that we are getting that question and there aren't instructions right now. Um, right now we are asking everybody to sit tight and more information is coming. Um, for your, first, we will be contacting employers and letting them All know right. the process because we do need to have verification um, that of who is in the workforce. And then, um, then, um, we will be reaching out to individuals. But all this process, once it is verified and, and ready to go, of course, we've got some IT system work we have to do, um, will be posted on our website. And you'll be able to know exactly the process, the timeline, when, when the um, application is due from employers and then when individuals should expect to be contacted and exactly what you need to do. Um, and we're also gonna work on both having some written directions and then maybe some quick and easy, um, you know, uh, videos that show you what to do too. So we'll um, be putting it out on our website and social media. We're right now working on an updated FAQ that we'll be posting um, in the next few weeks. 
that will uh, maybe even as early as next week that will help people know where we are right now with our process. Um, so we'll, we'll be certain no one misses what they're supposed to do. We'll be um, telling everybody through every venue we have emails. If you have a PDS account, make sure your PDS email is updated because we might send something out through that. If you're a pre-K teacher and we have your email, we're going to send you through our pre-K system. We'll be sending things through Koala and social media and all the avenues because we want to make sure that everyone that's eligible um, knows what they need to do to get their um, supplemental pay payment, to get their power. So we want to make sure everybody gets that. So Susan, what I'm hearing you say is that you guys are going to make sure that it, the individual person will have just as much information as the employer? Yes, um, good point, Yetta. We want to make sure that we're really transparent about the process. Um, so we want um, employers to know um, they're part of the process, but also what their employees need to do so they can support them in that. But we also want for employees to know because it is money that's coming to them and they want to know that timeline too. And so we'll make sure that everything um, is available for review on our website. We have a special um, email box that you can email, um, which is supplemental payments at decal.ga.gov. We'll be setting up a special web page that people can go to. And then we'll also be setting up where you can call um, to our office once we um, open those applications and answer questions. So we wanna make sure that everyone has that information. Good point, yes. Ask as a true director owner, I think. <laughs> Yetta says, hey, look, <laughs> give, give me some cover here, <laughs> I wanna know. <laughs> All right. So since we announced the supplemental payments power a few weeks back, we've received some questions through social media. I thought we would cover those uh, today. Like every good webinar or conference, uh, we're going to um, put our panel together here and include the commissioner along with Susan and Barb and, and Yetta. So the hotel staff is coming in now to arrange the chairs. And uh, you'll find these FAQs posted on our website at decal.ga. Gov, but we thought we would cover them for you here and see if we could make sure we cover everything. So, uh, Commissioner, feel free to jump in uh, on these. Here's the panel question. First one, does the program need to be open for an employee to be eligible? Barb, I think I heard you cover that uh, at the open. Right. They do need to be open. Um, I'm looking back at my notes to make sure I give you the right information. They need to be open and serving children at the time that they're applying. Um, if you had a temporary closure because of COVID, that's okay. Um, you know, things happen, people had water damage, all kinds of things, but yes, they do need to be open. Great point about uh, if they had to close for a certain time, still eligible, that's great. Yes. Uh, this is a common question, particularly this time of year, and this is true for not only uh, power, but for stable and for solve. <laughs> is the bonus taxable? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's one thing that's not out of our control. It's taxable. It's considered income and you will receive a 1099. So yes, the, the answer is yes. And uh Sadly, you know, I get, I, you know, we jokingly say if, if you don't like that, you can write your congressman. 
<laughs> because it's kind of a federal thing and, and a state thing for that matter. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, it is taxable. Uh, I think we've covered how can I apply for the bonus. Um, hopefully you've got that message now. Um, one question, and, and Yetta kind of touched on this, and we hear it from folks, how will the funds be distributed to early childhood professionals? Um, so we are going to um, pay um, those payments directly out to individuals. We'll actually be doing uh, working with our partner through Decal Scholars, um, since they already work with us on doing payments um, for things like scholarships and incentives. Um, so many of you are um, familiar with Decal Scholars. We'll be working with them and they will be doing um, both um, paper checks and then also um, bank transfers. So um, the individual will provide that information. Um, and like the commissioner said, we don't individually um, pay um, teachers. Um, probably the one exception to that um, is that for the teachers who are Georgia pre-K teachers in public schools, um, we think that it's important that they're paid in the same manner that the K-12 teachers are paid. So we will do a payment to those school systems because we already have a pay system for them. And then the school system will execute that through their payment system like they're paying their other employees. But all other employees will be getting an individual. And that's just because there's a different setup there. And we want to make sure that we are um, being um, considerate of their employment system and we already pay them directly, but for all other programs and other types of settings, childcare, um, child care license, DOD, all those things, um, we'll be um, paying it to the individual through Decal Scholars. Very good. So I have a question on that, um, if I may ask um, sure. to Susan. Um, so with the pre-K, so would that come, that will come through our pre-K payments and we would use it as a bonus to, to the pre-K teachers? Only for public, we're not, so we're only paying public teachers who are employed by public schools okay. through Canada, um, as a payment um, because we want them to be paid like their colleagues at their schools are paid, so with the okay. K-12. But for child care programs like your program, um, Universal, um, it won't come to you um, through your pre-K payment. It'll go to the individual. And part of that also has to do with that tax question. If we right. pay it to um, child care programs, then there's a tax burden for the child care programs. Right. We avoid that. But okay, thank you. school systems already have a process. Um, we'll go through their process um, for our school system employees. But for everyone else, we're going to pay it um, directly to the individual because then, it, in instance, it doesn't get taxed twice. So it doesn't um, you know, go through that payroll um, tax. Um, for the childcare um, providers. Good question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Another one that we're hearing a lot uh, on social media are early childhood education professionals that work at a licensed exempt program eligible to receive a bonus. They are if they currently receive CAPS or Head Start funding. So those would be the two. Um, if they receive that funding, then they would be eligible. Okay. Very so good. we do get that question a lot and we got it a lot at the beginning when we announced it. So these are federal dollars and there are requirements on how we spend those. And so 
obviously um, we've got to make sure that we're giving these uh, this funding to teachers that work at programs that are either licensed or exempt and receive caps. And the reason that those are the two categories is because those are the programs that have um, health and safety requirements, licensing and regulation and monitoring requirements by us. And so you've got to have some type of monitoring um, in place um, from DECAL to receive these. And that's a requirement of the federal dollars. So the key there is exempt and receiving caps. That's right, because we monitor those programs that receive caps. Got it. Um, Yetta, anything you're hearing from the, um, the child care workforce that we haven't covered? Um, yes, I just have a couple of more um, that I've heard. Um, one of them is, so what if I move to another center? Um, at that time, the application is open and I'm at a new center. Um, still been in the, in the workforce, but just went to a new center. How would that affect uh, me in receiving a supplement? That's one of those challenges we're trying to figure out, Yetta, um, uh, that happens when we have a workforce that um, might um, be consistent, but not at the same employer. So we're figuring that out within our um, IT system right now. Um, one of the good things is that um, if you've been in childcare, you have to be working for six weeks, you have to have a background check. So we're gonna use some of that background check information to help us track people. And we're trying to figure that out. We've also gotten the question, um, what if I work 20 hours, but I work at two different programs? So we're looking at that piece to solve that. Our intent is to pay as many employees out there that are working professionals and early learning that, that are, have been working for at least six weeks and they work 20 hours a week. But there are some complications like that that we're trying to figure out how do we um, track that. Um, but they are eligible. And uh, we're working on those details. So good question. And um, luckily we do have some information both through the PDS and through our background check um, database that will help us with some of that. But um, there may be some also individual kind of reach out with some individuals to kind of piece together that employee, what um, employment history too. Um, but we are willing to do the extra steps to figure that out because we want to pay as many people that are truly eligible. So 20 hours a week and for at least six weeks when we open the application. Okay. And so my only other question, just clarification for um, some people. <laughs> this is their own personal supplement so they can use it however they want to they don't have to keep any kind of track record of what they did with their thousand dollars no it's their personal money um and they can use it how best um suits their needs the only one they're accountable to is the um when they do their taxes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah we've gotten some questions about you know do i have to use this in my classroom do i um is it for materials no, this is for personal use. It is your bonus. You can use it um, in the way that best needs what you know what you um, need at this time. And there are a lot of people that have had additional expenses because of the pandemic, or they've or they've had um, 
maybe a spouse that, or a partner that was not um, employed, um, but also maybe they use it for something else. They put it, save it for a rainy day or they do something fun with it. It's their money. Good question. That is a great question. Um, yeah, before we uh, let you go, uh, we want to ask you about uh, quality rated. I know you're in our quality rated peer support network, a group of childcare providers established in 2015 for sharing ideas and success stories and lessons learned during your experience in our quality rated program. You're a three star quality rated provider. Um, would you recommend um, <laughs> quality rated to childcare providers? Sure. I'm also the peer support ambassador for the area of Richmond oh, County. So very nice. And uh, we are a two-time three-star program. My my teachers love for me to make sure you tell people that we we are a two-time when we're getting ready to come up on our reassessment this year. And um, I'm also the owner of Universal Learning Academy, and that program is also quality with a three-star. So we're working very hard here on this end. <laughs> That's great. On this end. And so we actually are, we're having a meeting tonight and I tell a lot of other providers being quality rated is like driving a Mercedes Benz on the highway. It's like the top of the line. Um, going through the process, it, yes, it was extremely um, difficult because I was not, there was no peer support network uh, when I started. So having the peer support network, just knowing that I have someone else with me who has already been through this process and um, being able to tell me, yes, do trust the process. Sometimes the process do not seem like it's going to work out. It's not, you know, what is this code going to do? And where is this? And, you know, I don't want to do uh, learn through play, but quality rated just taught us so much. Um, we went through our national accreditation uh, with NECFA before quality rated. And so I was so excited to jump on Quality Rated because it was Georgia. You know, NECPO was just um, something that I desired to do after 10 years. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a babysitter anymore. I want to take our program to a whole nother level. And so that's when we became, we started the process and it took five years to become accredited, but uh, we did it. And so as soon as we jumped into Quality Rated, it did not take that long because, you know, we had already gotten started, but the process was was totally different. And they learned so much during that process. We got everybody on board. So it is just a privilege to say and to put up the signs that you're quality rated and to just have that um, that accolade under your belt, you know, whether it's a one star, two star, three star. Um, and so one of our programs, we had to take the temporary one star and my director was like, no, no. I'm like, oh, yes, we're going to take the temporary one star. We're going to take the temporary one star and, hey, when they open back up and, and we're going to go for it. But either star that you have, you know, it's just to have to say, OK, my program is quality rated and this is the state of Georgia. You know, everybody loves to talk about the different states. And so when it started, oh, wow, I was so excited, you know, to just say, OK, let me get through this national thing here. It's not doing me any good because I'm not out of state, but to have something in our own state and for it to continue to grow. Because I remember when Miss Amy came along and uh, 
Bobby Cagle, he um, was a part when he got it started. And so just knowing that I've been there since day one to see it start and to see it grow. And there are lots of providers now who are jumping aboard. So I'm excited to see who shows up on our peer support network tonight. Um, and we've had those to join quality rated in the middle of the peer support network. So I just, I think that was just the best thing that quality rated and the peer support network could have done together was to collaborate that. Because providers, some providers do feel that I'm here all by myself. Mm. You know, and I'm the only one that go is going through this and they're not. Right. Right. That's great. Uh, well, Susan, Barb, Yetta, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, clarifying uh, some of the details around power. And it's all happening uh, here in the next uh, few months. It'll be here before you know it. I know it seems like it's taken forever, but uh, it, it literally will be here before you know it. Commissioner, in addition to these payments, uh, some decal employees qualify for a one-time state bonus of $1,000. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, more good news. Uh, the governor and the House and the Senate uh, appropriated dollars for any state employee, so not just decal employees, but any state employee um, that makes less than $80,000 to be eligible for a $1,000 bonus, similar to wow. our teachers that are receiving it as well. And so it's just in recognition of um, all of our employees that have got, gone above and beyond uh, during COVID-19. So uh, we are thrilled that they did that for all our, all our employees. And I know our decal staff will be excited too when they receive that $1,000. Wow. And let me ask this, do we know when those payments will be made? Yeah, evidently uh, we're told um, that they should be in the March 31st uh, paycheck of employees. So it's a lot easier. Let me just say that it's a lot easier because we pay these employees, you know, twice a month. They're and on our so payroll. They're yeah. already on our payroll. Um, and we have, you know, a state accounting office that sends us all that information and is able to process that for us. But um, I'm told and I haven't heard any delays, but March 31st is when uh, folks should see that in their paycheck. All right. Well, very good. This has been a great discussion. Very enlightening. I've learned a lot. And uh, I hope everybody else has too. Susan, again, the email, uh, if people have questions we did not cover today, uh, where should they write? They um, can email supplementalpayments at decal.ga.gov. All right. Very good. Ladies, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Now, this decal download vaccine update. By now, you've heard that effective March 8th, all pre-K teachers, child care teachers, and child care staff in programs with a license or exemption from decal are eligible for COVID-19 vaccines. And Commissioner, what should people be doing at this point? Uh, right now, everyone should be registering to get their appointment to get their first vaccine. Uh, there are lots of different ways to do that in our state. Uh, there are several mass vaccination sites uh, where you can register for those. You can go to your local health department. And there are many different pharmacies around the state um, that are also offering the vaccine. And so um, we encourage you, all that information is on our website. Um, to choose one of those locations and go ahead and register. I know some folks have already been vaccinated, so um, that's great news as well. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of folks uh, posting their pictures on social media, kind of like uh, when they vote and uh, <laughs> got their vaccination. They got a sticker uh, and it, uh, it looks great. So there are four mass vaccination sites as of now, but on March 17th, 
that will grow to nine. Right. So the governor announced that they are adding uh, five additional um, mass vaccination sites uh, throughout our state. So there should be ample places to go, um, pretty wide selection. So you can get the first appointment that's available and go ahead and get that first shot because, you know, two of the vaccines do require um, two doses. And then I believe there's one that only requires one dose. So um, there should be ample places for you to find. And hopefully an appointment won't be too hard to come by. Do they need to bring any proof of occupation or employment, anything like that? No, we've been told um, by the Department of Public Health that that is not necessary. Of course, when they register for the vaccine, they will attest that they are in that group of um, child care and pre-K teachers. But um, we've been told you do not need to provide proof of occupation. Um, you may be asked for your you know, government-issued identification, and you may be asked for your insurance card. Um, we're told that they will bill um, your insurance in some cases, but you should not have to spend any money out of pocket for that. Um, so just be aware that they may ask for those two things. So there have been four mass vaccination sites statewide, but as of March 17th, there are now nine. So as they say, there's one near you, right? Yes. I mean, more than doubled um, the four that originally popped up. Uh, and now there are nine all over the state and many in obviously nine different locations. And, you know, I've, I've read some numbers there. They are able to administer thousands and thousands and thousands of vaccine a day, which is um, I think it's pretty much a drive through process. So um, register for one of those mass vaccination sites. It should be very close uh, and convenient for you. I know uh, Brett Copeland uh, sent us a, a photo the other day and he never got out of his car. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty convenient. All, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, and again, there are so many opportunities that are close to you through your local health department, also through uh, various grocery store chains and pharmacies. So um, uh, check with them as well. But we would like to see everybody vaccinated uh, before the end of the month. So uh, pressure's on, uh, but it only takes a few minutes. So make sure you get involved. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi there, my name is Alice Lassiter and I work in the pre-K division for Team South and I'm located in the beautiful community of Bethlehem, Georgia. First, I would like to give my sincere thanks to Governor Brian Kemp for his recent amendment to the budget to include a generous bonus for a full-time permanent state employees. Thank you kindly, sir. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, when you play the Georgia Lottery Mega Millions game and you win big, what would be your first big extravagant purchase? Oh, boy, that's a great question. You know, you always dream about uh, the Mega Millions and what you would do with it. And gosh, extravagant. If it were if I was selfish and it was just for myself, I would probably buy a really nice piece of jewelry because I really like jewelry. But I shouldn't be selfish. I should do something for my family. And take us on some extravagant vacation to some private island um, where everything is taken care of for us, like cooking. <laughs> um, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I don't play the lottery very often, but um, I definitely dream about what I would do with millions and millions of dollars. Isn't it funny when the, um, when the lottery prize is at its biggest? That's when everybody goes right. out. And does right. it because um, five million is not enough? You know, no, it needs to be at least four hundred million. <laughs> right, got it, got to <laughs> do that. Well, you guys vacation well, so I can see you doing that. I think, uh, I think your your kids, uh, Charlie and Lane, would would love a private island. I, I think it sounds amazing. I, I probably would be smarter, and I would probably, you know, 
pay off my mortgage and make sure I have enough savings for college and do smart things like that first. But um, a private island sounds pretty good. Yeah. I just like uh, that we have an employee in Bethlehem, Georgia. I know. They have their own uh, post office, too, where I'm sure they get a lot of uh, Christmas mail. Very popular. Yes, absolutely. All right. Hey, it's my favorite time of the podcast. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. What is the acronym for the $1,000 supplemental payments? What is the acronym for the $1,000 supplemental payments? Send your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. We'll put all the correct answers together. Draw one name and award you with a very nice prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.